Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday the 30th of April 2018. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, we look ahead to Thursday night's massive Europa League semi-final second leg away to Atletico Madrid. That's at the chalkboard with our very own Adrian Clark. We'll also preview tonight's FA Youth Cup final second leg here at Emirates Stadium against Chelsea with Max Jones. But first up, we take a look back at events at Old Trafford against Manchester United at the weekend just gone with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, joining us as our insider this week, I'm delighted to say that it's top Irish broadcaster and, of course, big Arsenal fan, Michael McMullen, joining us from across the Irish Sea. Michael, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Russ. Good to be here, as always. Arsenal with a frustrating weekend against Manchester United to talk about first in a game with a few changes where the Gunners acquitted themselves so well for large chunks, frustratingly. Yeah, I mean, I, I was worried. I've got to be honest about it. I was worried when we went on, one down, particularly with such a young team playing in a blue kit at Old Trafford. I mean, what does that remind you of? But uh, no, I thought, <laughs> as you say, we acquitted ourselves brilliantly um, after that. And I was really, really pleased. I, I was so disappointed at the end, you know, to, to, to see that, uh, you know, the, the winner from Fellaini because I thought, you know, this is maybe the day we're going to turn around this dreadful uh, away run that we've been on recently. Uh, but even with that, you know, you still feel it was all positives. And the day obviously started on such a high note before the match had even kicked off. But you look, it was such a changed team. Uh, you know, young players coming in, a few of them in, in the starting lineup, uh, including a couple of uh, you know relatively unfamiliar names, and did quite well. And uh, a lot of positives to take out of it. But I think you know there was such a sense around the match. This is really just you know the calm before the storm, and everything was seen in the context of Thursday. And given that in that context, so many changes were made to be as competitive as we were at Old Trafford and only lose to such a late goal, I think you actually come out of us as one of the more pleasing defeats of recent times. Let's just touch on a couple of those positive stories and players given their chance. Ainsley Maitland-Niles and young Konstantinos Mavropanos, two mm. really good showings and players that hopefully will go far in the months and years to come here. Mavropanos was the story of the day, wasn't he? And I'm going to spend the summer trying to learn to pronounce his name as well as you <laughs> just did there. 
Um, you know, we need something to freshen up the defence. Yeah, I think that's become pretty evident. We need to cut out the mistakes. And he looked like the sort of player who could potentially, in the long run, do both of those things. So much talk about Wenger's departure recently. He wasn't even born when Wenger arrived at the club, which is just another one of those things that, you know, has been said uh, recently that highlights how long he's been there. But very excited about him. I, I know there have been one or two suggestions that he might now feature on Thursday night, maybe even in the start lineup. I think there's no chance of that whatsoever. But certainly he's one for, uh, one for you know, you say the future, but very much the short-term future. And, you know, given that we need to, you know, improve things defensively, you know, he's someone who could really contribute a lot. But he, he looked so composed. There were no obvious mistakes there. He looked very clever in his reading of the game. And uh, for him, you know, he was definitely the most exciting thing uh, on the day. And Maitland-Niles, a player that, as we know, Michael, can play in a lot of mm -hmm. different positions. He's been employed about four or five different places within the team over the course of this season. Hopefully, again, a guy who's growing in experience and confidence and his influence on games will again grow. Yeah, Wenger loves players like that, you know, midfielders who he can, you know, rotate into different positions and, uh, and, and shuffle his pack. It'll be interesting to see now, whoever the new manager turns out to be, Will he continue to use Maitland-Niles in that way or will he try to pin him down to one particular position? Uh, but he's made, I think it's eight appearances, seven or eight maybe, maybe appearances now in the Premier League this season. So that, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, you see it so often at top clubs for young players coming through. It's so hard for them to get more than one or two appearances a season. But he's played now, you know, not far short of a quarter of our matches in the current campaign. Again, he looks very composed. Half of the battle, I think, for a player like that is looking like you feel that you do belong at that level. And he certainly does. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Michael, we'll touch, obviously, on the Europa League in a moment, but another point that you raised before was Arsene Wenger going back to Old Trafford for what certainly will be the final time as Arsenal boss. Will it be the final time ever? We don't know. But Old Trafford, Sir Alex Ferguson, Jose, Alexis Sanchez, a lot of effort made to welcome Wenger and just take note of his career and all the times, of course, that he's brought the Gunners, either with great success or not, to the Theatre of Dreams. Let's hear a bit from the boss. It's uh, the end of a long, long uh, story, you know, and uh, I think um, I, I would like to thank Man United for the gesture they made before the game. And uh, uh, they'll be certainly competing with Arsenal in the future again. And I will follow that with attention and uh, hopefully uh, Arsenal will come here next year and win. Was it Alex Ferguson who gave you a gift beforehand, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. It's the first time I get a trophy before the game. What, what was it they gave you? A cup, I don't know exactly what is written on it because I was focused on the game. Arsene Wenger speaking there and, and Wenger, Michael, I know that a man you are among many immensely impressed with over his time at the club, even if now that time is drawing to a close. It's an emotional time for all of us, isn't it? You know, those of us who've been, you know, supporting Arsenal for so long throughout Wenger's reign and long before that. And, you know, that emotion, I think, was only heightened by that extraordinary moment at the start of the game. Wenger, Ferguson and Mourinho, the guys who won 19 Premier League titles between them, all standing together like old buddies. You consider the battles they've been through over the years. That is, you know, it's such a cliched word to use now, but that was one of those iconic, you know, Premier League images. And it just added to that sense of an era coming to an end. These three old warriors getting together on the touchline uh, before this game at the end of the season. It was a bit like that, you know, one-off picture of the time uh, the Beatles met Elvis. You know, it was, it was, it was comparable <laughs> to that in my book. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a farewell tour is, is the term that I heard used over the weekend, and that's what it feels like at the moment. Nobody wants the tour to end petering out uh, in that game at Huddersfield on the final day of the season. We all wanted to finish in Wenger's home country with him finally landing his first European trophy. But just these weeks at the moment, it's such a strange time 
you know, we're used to the final weeks of the season, challenging for titles, battling to get into the top four. It all just feels so different now. Obviously, there's still something very much to play for. But in the Premier League, it does feel like it's all about Wenger and those sort of goodbye moments. And uh, it's just surreal, as I'm sure so many people have said, to imagine August coming and somebody else being on the touchline. But I thought that was just fantastic yesterday. Wenger was right. It was classy of Manchester United to mark his departure in the way they did and for Alex Ferguson to be so much a part of it. And uh, just one of those moments you get towards the end of, of every season, really, of just a feeling that one way or another, another era is passing. Now, in terms of Thursday, let's just remind ourselves of how the tie stands against Atletico Madrid. It is 1-1. The highlight for the Gunners was this opening strike. Now it's with Danny Welbeck, left flank once again. Lacazette looks to use his strength against Koke. Plays the ball in field for Granny Xhaka. 35 yards out, central position. Now it's with Mesut Ozil, short for Bearin, right-hand side. Low ball in, it flicks up and it's away and it'll fall towards Nacho Monreal. Kills it back inside the box, but Gamero is there. Griezmann looks to clear. Wilshire picks it up, looks for the one-two with Ramsey. Back towards Wilshire, left-hand side. Tries to get the crossing, far post! Oh, it's gone in! Lacazette it is! Arsenal have the advantage here, a towering header. A black is beaten, the Gunners get the goal that their players deserve. Atleti's resistance has been broken. It is Arsenal 1, Atletico Madrid 0. Another goal for the red-hot Alexandra Lacazette, Michael, and uh, it's just a huge, huge game, isn't it, the Wanda Metropolitano? Yeah, there's been a lot of criticism, you know. I mean, of course it was a frustrating night on Thursday, but, you know, I don't think Arsenal were as wasteful as people have made out. It doesn't help, of course when your main informed striker uh, has to miss the game because of what looks like a fairly archaic rule, which is actually going to be dropped, ironically, at the end of this season. You have to wonder what difference Aubameyang might have made. Very frustrating, of course, you know, on the balance of play, and particularly having played most of the match against 10 men, you thought, right, this is a chance for us to nail this down. But you know what? Atletico, they have this amazing defensive record. It's not by accident, you know, and watching the game on Thursday night, it wasn't hard to see why they've conceded so few goals. They're even stronger defensively at home. So it's a massive, massive ask now just to go there and score. Uh, but what a night it's, it's going to be on Thursday. The odds are definitely against us, but I, I don't buy into the criticism of last Thursday night. I thought Arsenal did well to create as much as they did, to dominate the way they did. Just one of those matches that we seem to have, uh, you know, unfortunately had a few of this season. You think back to the Manchester United game, when, I mean, how we lost that match, you know, it's still something I haven't figured out. Uh, but still in with a chance now on Thursday and, um, you know, potentially Wenger's sort of last big hurrah moment if he can manage to just get a result over there. What You know, it, it's not unthinkable at all to think we could get one all, take it to extra time, and then, of course, if we score an extra time, they've got to get two to stay in it. Uh, but it's going to be a fantastic uh, evening on, on Thursday. I'll finish with the same question that I'll put to Adrian Clark in a few minutes. Hand on heart... Do you think Arsenal will get the job done when, as you rightly have alluded to, they're playing a team I think who's conceded once in La Liga since the turn of the year and about three or four times all season at home? Let me put it like this. Atletico, you cannot look at it in any logical way and not make Atletico the favourites. But I'm going to say it's sort of 60-40 and I think that sums up how I feel about the match. I think with a very good chance, Atletico obviously the favourites. We'll just wait and see, won't we? I mean, these European ties, they're so tight and they're so unpredictable. The away goals rule always makes, you know, such a difference to things. Uh, I'm thinking back to 95, the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final, Sampdoria. It looked as though it was all over for us. We just managed to somehow get through that night. I'm hoping it's going to be one of those. And, of course, that was a very different era. That was long before Wenger was at the club. So let's just hope for that. But I, I'm, I'm, certainly, uh, I'm certainly expecting a lot of tension on Thursday evening all the way through to... Uh, well, hopefully, maybe even through to 11 o'clock and, and perhaps a penalty shootout. We'll see.
Not sure if anyone's nerves can take that, Michael. Thank you so no, much. No, 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 I <laughs> Thank you for coming back onto the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, and we look forward to catching up with you again very soon. Cheers, Russ. All the best. Of course, the senior team, not the only focus at the moment. A massive game for the junior Gunners tonight. It's the second leg of the FA Youth Cup final here at Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 3-1 down going into the second leg against Chelsea after events in leg one on Friday night. Delighted to say that Arsenal media's very own Max Jones joins me. Max, welcome back to the podcast and a massive, massive night. Yeah, it is. It really is for them. Um, the thing is that although they started that first leg, very well. They've actually given themselves a mountain to climb in this second leg against a very strong Chelsea side. Um, for, the, for those people who, who watched the game, you would have seen how well Arsenal started the game. Um, and Xavier Amici and Emil Smith-Rowe in particular were the, were the standout players in, in that match. Unfortunately for Arsenal, they just seemed to get a bit out of strength, a bit out of pace towards the end of the game. Maybe fatigue crept in on, on playing at, at such a pitch like... Uh, like Stamford Bridge and uh, Chelsea just kind of capitalised on a few defensive errors a few fragilities at the back and uh, I know Arsenal will be kicking themselves Nick Medley especially um, as, as it was one of his lapses in concentration which let them in for the third goal um, so what was quite interesting was that Danny Ballard the captain spoke after the game and he said look we know that we can get them if we just play on the counter attack and if we just play our normal football as we usually do at Emirates Stadium then Hopefully, we can turn the tie around. Now, we commentated together for Arsenal.com on the second leg of the semi-final where Arsenal destroyed Blackpool and did it in great, great pomp. Um, what's your feeling on that very point then, Max, that at Emirates Stadium, that Arsenal could yet turn it around? What do they need to do tactically, personnel-wise, in your view? Well, look, they, they need to raise their game. That's, that's got to be the, the first thing. They need to come out of the blocks first 20 minutes really blitzed Chelsea and, and give them a tough test. They did that in the first leg and eventually it, it paid off with Amici getting that, that lovely finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this Arsenal team. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's full of lots of young talent. Uh, I mean, you compare it to the Chelsea side who they've got one of their players uh, has actually won this competition on three separate occasions. So this is a very experienced, strong and physical Chelsea side. So what Arsenal would need to do is play to their own strength uh, and that's going to be in game management and catching Chelsea, as I said, on the break. They've got players who who are absolutely lightning quick. We saw it in that game against uh, Blackpool where two or three of our goals actually came on the counter-attack. So we're looking at the likes of Amici on one wing, Flo Balogun if he returns on the other wing. Um, and then obviously, Reece Nelson is still eligible to play in this competition. So it's going to be quite interesting given that he played at Old Trafford yesterday whether or not he comes into the side with them absolutely needing to win. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And in terms of changes, you mentioned Nelson. Do we expect any other tweaks, either due to injury or just freshening things up for this second leg, which, of course, we'll learn a little bit later on today before kickoff. I think from Kwame Abadou's point of view, he'll, he'll want to keep the side as much the same as possible, just because this is a side who have, have got this far in the competition and, yeah, it would probably be a bit harsh on them now to start ringing the changes. So we're looking at maybe one or two changes, depending on, like I said, the fatigue from the first leg. Because you've got to remember, that's, that's a really quick turnaround. Just three days between the uh, between the two ties. And these are still young guys. So, you know, it's, it's obviously going to take its toll on them. And that defeat will, will certainly, have, uh, certainly have had a, a bigger impact on how they're feeling. You know, if, if you get a good result in the first leg, your confidence is going to be high and you're just going to be looking to get into the next one. Whereas now there's a bit of trepidation about it, a bit of bit of a worry that they may not get the, the result that they feel they deserve. But all I will say is that Kwame doesn't need to change things too much. This is a really talented group of youngsters, the most talented group of youngsters that we've had uh, in one squad at one time since we won it back in 2009 when you had the likes of Jack Wilshire, Francis Coquelin, Henry Lansbury, all in that side. So I'm expecting to see a similar similar side. I'm expecting to see Emil Smith-Rowe really take control of this game. Obviously, he only played an hour in the first leg, and I, I guess a lot of that is due to his injury and that they want to keep him fresh for the, the return leg at Emirates tonight. Um, so he's hoping that that game plan, that strategy has paid off. So hopefully a big crowd, everyone cordially invited to get down to Emirates Stadium and watch it. And of course, there is live commentary on Arsenal.com with myself and Nick Bromsack this evening. Max, I'll miss you alongside me, but I know you'll be busy tapping away for uh, Arsenal's website as well on the game. So look forward to it and uh, I'll see you a bit later on, pal. Yeah, I'll see you later on, Russ. Thank you. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, joining me at the chalkboard as ever is Adrian Clark. Clarky, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thank you. A um, little bit, little bit tired this morning. Not, not going to lie, but uh, we'll get through it. Hopefully, that will affect you in brain of Arsenal. He says, <laughs> but we shall see a little bit later on in our chat. Adrian, first of all, the question at the chalkboard: anybody that you saw from the Manchester United game who you think has played their way, forced their way into this critical Atletico Madrid Europa League semi-final second leg on Thursday? Well, I don't think Arsene Wenger would have expected anybody to have played their way in because in my view he would have his team in mind and that's because that's why we saw eight changes from the game but the two centre halves they were excellent I thought Callum Chambers uh, and Dinos Mavropanos absolutely outstanding and while I don't expect 
either of them to start. I think Koscielny and Mustafi will be given another opportunity. It must be tempting to use one or both because I thought they, were, they just didn't put a foot wrong and they were very calm, handled the occasion well. It's a, bit, a big occasion, huge crowd, tough away game, just as tough as potentially as Atletico Madrid. And they, uh, they handled Lukaku really, really well and after that, Rashford. So those are the two that, that immediately spring to mind, as well as ANC Maitland-Niles. Yeah. But, but hand on heart, I don't, think, I don't think any of them will start, but I would put Maitland-Niles on the bench, and I would certainly have, have Callum Chambers and maybe Mavropanos involved in the squad as well, because they deserve it. Yeah, very exciting talent, I have to say, having commentated on him when the Premier League 2 Arsenal hammered Man United a few months ago up at Boreham Wood, and he was brilliant on his debut that night and right. had a feeling he'd go far. Fingers crossed, Clarkey. So building up to this second leg in Madrid on Thursday, um, do Arsenal just go for broke in one sense and try and take the handbrake off and, and try and rip this tie open, or, or is it a case of being sensible, playing a waiting game and and just trying to take the opportunities when they arise. It's, a, it's an interesting dilemma, and it is a dilemma, because even though one always is seen as a disastrous result, if Atletico Madrid, if Arsenal do go for it early on and then concede, the game hasn't changed, because they needed to score anyway. So, in some respects, I do think it's worth, it's worth being quite expansive. Not, not expansive at the detriment of defence. You don't want to be giving goals away. But it's in Arsenal's interest for this to be a more open contest. Absolutely no doubt about that. If it's end-to-end, then there's a greater chance they'll score one and two or three goals. Unlikely. It's rare against Atletico Madrid away, but not impossible. So it's a fine balance to be struck, I think, for Arsene Wenger and his side in this one. Atletico, 0-0 will do for them. I don't think that Simeone will send his team out to blitz us. I don't think they will go go for broke at all. It's not really we, their style almost ever, it, it is isn't it? It isn't their style ever. And they do have a reputation, actually, and, and not many people talk about this. In games that matter, the real deciders in cups or leagues, they fluff their lines. They don't always get over the line. So Arsenal have got a chance here. Best way, I think, is to put them under pressure, make them nervous in front of their own supporters. And yeah, I, I think Milan is the blueprint. A controlled but adventurous performance away from home. And gut reaction, Clarkey, can and will Arsenal do this? <laughs> oh, look, my heart says, of course we will. My head says it's going to be really, really hard. If we play to our potential and Atletico are no better than they were in that first leg, well, I think we'll win the game. I believe we're good enough to go to the Wanda Metropolitano and score at least two goals and or score one or two goals and win the tie. So I, I'm confident. It rests, I think, on concentration without the ball. Those, whoever's in the back four, whoever's in central midfield, must be fully focused. If they're not, we will concede and that, and that puts us uh, up against it. And Clarkey, it depends on taking chances as well. We of saw course, that in the first leg. Alexandra Lacazette is, what, seven from seven, isn't he, in, in all competitions since he returned from injury. Yeah. Players like him, critical when the opportunities emerge that they take them. Yeah, and he's in form, so, so, so that's good. Yeah, he, he missed a couple of chances, but he's playing well. Like I said, so that's positive. Yeah, we do need ruthlessness. Welbeck spurned a great opportunity, I think, that first leg. Aaron Ramsey, I thought, was a bit quiet. Slightly disappointed with Aaron, who's been brilliant of late. This could be set up for him. Nice and fresh, comes back into the side. I think we really missed Aaron Ramsey's runs into the box at Old Trafford. Watch him in this game. He will get up there. And I think he'll have a couple of opportunities. It's all about can he, can he dispatch them. Look, yeah, 
we need we need every every facet to be right. We need to be disciplined. We need to be organised. We need to be fully concentrated. But we also need to be adventurous and then clinical when the chances come away. So it's uh, a lot of things have to come together. But I'm telling you now, even though Arsenal fans were despondent after that first leg result, it's not over. Simeone's not on the touchline either. That's got to—it's got to be an advantage for us. Yes, yeah, a very, very good point actually. That we shall wait and see how it bears out when the heated battle ensues. Um, Adrian, let's just finish if we can with a word on Burnley. That's Arsenal's next Premier League game, and it's of course the last home game of the season here at Emirates Stadium, isn't it? Against a Burnley team who, on the whole, have done extremely well this season, one place behind Arsenal in the standings, and. Pretty sure we'll give them a, a very tough game. Well, it'll be a tough game for them and a tough game for us because they're solid, we know that. And, uh, yeah, it's about keeping emotions in check. I do think it will. there'll be a, an outpouring of love and affection for Arsene Wenger. It will be a, a special occasion. It's important that the players just focus on, on the job as well. Hopefully it will inspire them to produce a, a top performance. Won't be easy against Burnley. Never make it easy. They're not one thing you know with Burnley. They're not going to gift you chances. So we're going to need to be creative. And of course, a lot will rest on on the mood, won't it? If, we, if we've come through Atletico and won, everyone's playing for a place in the final. If we lose, everyone's got to pick themselves up, and it won't be easy. So, um, be an interesting game. I don't think it'll be a very high-scoring game. I can see it being, uh, yeah, just one or two goals being scored, hopefully just by us. I suppose on the flip side of the mood, the result might then dictate the strength of team slightly as well, because the Europa League final is pretty early this year, isn't it? If Arsenal are in the mix mm. or not, it might actually affect who Arsenal Wenger then fields in that sense too. Yeah, look, if, if, um, if Arsenal go through to the final, uh, you can expect a similar side to what we saw at Old Trafford. No doubt about that. Look, I'm all for that. I want to see more of uh, Mavropanos. I want to see I want to see more of his combination with Callum Chambers. Because to me, they had a bit of chemistry going on. Good communication, um, good attributes. They blended lovely together. I'll be happy to see them play every league game between now and the end of the season, just, just as a glimpse of the future potentially. So, um, yeah, look, let's, fingers crossed we are in that position where, where Arsenal are preparing for a final game of the season in Lyon. Well, Clarkie, we finish by transporting ourselves back from Emirates Stadium to the gleaming new wonder Metropolitano. And you're there on the touchline. The players are about to trot out for this massive game. What are your managerial words of wisdom? I, What's your five-second team? I, I, I would fill my players with belief that they will score goals. And I will, I will tell them that I, I guarantee them that if they produce their best football, they'll score at least twice two goals. I'll convince them of it. That they'll run out feeling 12 feet tall, I tell you, Russ. So, Clarkie predicting goals in the big game on Thursday. Will there be points? Will there be a bumper haul, I wonder, in this? Brain of Arsenal. Well, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us on the phone again, I'm afraid, Adrian. Liam, as we discussed last week, you are not a well man and things not massively improving, we hear. Slightly better. I've got to say, I'm in a better state than I was last week. I think when I spoke to you, I don't remember much of that conversation anymore. I was, uh, yeah. I was uh, pre pretty pretty whacked up on, um, on, on gas and air, so it was... Uh, yeah, I don't even remember who won, to be honest. So, uh... <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, <laughs> I wish I'd been high on gas on air last I, I, week. I've got to say, Liam, uh, credit to you. I would have thought you'd have given the podcast the elbow this week. Oh, lovely stuff. I can see the funny, <laughs> I can see the funny side of that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're only in, the a, face, you're only in a good mood. Brutal. I'd dock him some points well. for that if I were you, Liam. Give me a chance in the running. Yeah, no, he's only in a good mood. He's about to beat me in the playoffs in fantasy football as well. So, 
Yeah, didn't want to mention it, but yeah, happy with that, Liam. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to prepare the cold shoulder for his next injury. Oh. That's my next plan. <laughs> right, right moving, on, moving on. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we are, uh, we're back in a week two, week one situation after last week. Um, Russ, I believe it's you to go first this week. Back on your flat track bullion. Indeed, indeed. And having uh, fallen quite badly at the second hurdle last week on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, we're going to move on to hopefully a star of Thursday night, Alexandra Lacazette, the times and life thereof so far. Yeah, I'm glad, actually. I, I had to go back and um, re-listen to that just to remember who you chosen when I was doing the questions. So, um, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> about that, right? <laughs> so, your, your four questions on Alex Lacazette uh, starting now. Question one, um, how many goals has he scored this season for us? Uh, in all competitions, 16. Correct. Uh, question two, um, who did he replace for his first France appearance from the bench? So he came on to someone. He did. Ironically, it was Olivier Giroud. Correct. Question three, how many league goals did he score in total for Lyon? Oh, league goals? League I goals. think he finished league-wise on exactly 100. Correct. Oh, I'm fire. That's question four. He's, he's living up to the reputation, I like <laughs> it. Question four. Um, Alex scored the winner in the 2010 European Under-19 Championships final. Who were France's opponents? Oh, no. I've got my list of honours memorised, of which that was on it. Who they played in the final of that tournament, I honestly don't know. So it was Euros. So I'm going to have a random pop. I am going to say Spain. Correct. Oh, Great that guess. was a total guess. <laughs> total guess. Yeah, four I'm out of four. You. <laughs> <laughs> you found it. Yeah. <laughs> I am very pleased as well because Adrian, Dick Akers, I'm running out of questions. I've, I've had to go deep on this. Oh goodness, that doesn't sound good, right? Let's, there's not let's... much. There's not much on Wikipedia about Dick that I didn't ask last week. So, um, so yeah, week two questions for you. Starting now, question one. Which three teams did Vic actually make first-team appearances for? He played for six teams, but only made appearances for three. He only made appearances for three? Did he really? I, I'm not sure Not sure about that. But um, in the Football League or, or non-league? Uh, just all in, in his professional career. Well, he played for Cambridge United. He yeah. played for Watford. Correct. And he played for a number of non-league teams. And, he would have played for all of them. Um, I don't know what he would say on on Wikipedia. Uh, it's, it's either Darford or Slough. I, I would I would probably have um, have Slough down. I know that he won won silverware with Slough, but I know that he played for Darford as well. So you can't you can't make me wrong. <laughs> can't make you wrong. That's what you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You can't make me wrong. That's because you're right. <laughs> That's the most threatening answer I've ever heard. Yeah, it's very so, passive aggressive, wasn't it? I yeah. didn't mean to be. I'm Should sorry. Have seen the look on his face in the studio as well. It was even tougher than his five-second team to Liam, Liam I, I didn't mean to be aggressive. Come on, let's let's move on. <laughs> Question two. Um, according to so this is I, I had to go deep on this one, but obviously we all know that Vic wears shorts all the time. There is one recorded answer for why he does this. Like, there's actually, there's a rumour out there that someone has either started or given an answer for it. There's only one of these answers I could find on the internet. Okay. Why does he wear shorts? Okay. Is it multiple choice? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could... 
Uh, I could try and think so, of them. So the only way I could possibly know this is if I if I googled the exact same thing as you. At some I, I, point. I think it's a fair Google question. Why does Vic wear? Shorts? Why does Vic wear shorts? Yeah, uh, could have asked him. I will. <laughs> I will say that he. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that he is um, superstitious, and that and that he he yeah he thinks it's bad luck if he wore tracky bottoms. That would have been a good multiple choice, one of the options to give you. No, it's actually he made a bet with a member of the Arsenal women's team, and they said that we bet you you can't just always wear shorts whenever you're in the public eye, and he did. Wow. <laughs> wow. Again. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Um, question three, deep dive there, mate. Um, when Vic received his OBE in 2010, yeah. can you name another person who received it for sports? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> no. That means it's not about Vic Akers. It's not actually about Vic Akers, is it? Um, no, not at all. I'll, um, give, I'll give you a clue. Someone to do with Formula One. Uh, OBE, Formula One, 2010. Well, I'm going to go with either Button or Hamilton. Um, I'll go for um, Lewis. Let's go for Lewis Hamilton. No, it was Ross Braun. Oh, I should have got yeah. that. That was, that was very, very linked in with Vic Akers, that. Cheers. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Getting my revenge. Getting my revenge on uh, everything that's been said about uh, beating me down football. And final question, how many League and Cup doubles did Arsenal women's win under Vic? League and Cup doubles. Um, so that's FA, that's FA Cup and Premier League. Five. Seven. Sorry, mate. Tough. I read it, it was five. Yeah, yeah okay. it doesn't really matter. No. I, had it out, I had it out this morning at seven. New topic. Is it we not finished the season yet? <laughs> no, still two more weeks to go. <laughs> oh goodness me! Um, I, I had given it a thought um, because I knew Russ would win today. Um, so I'm going to go with. Um, hopefully, it's good luck for us. Our Cup Winners' Cup final, um, 1994, I believe it was uh, against Palmer in Copenhagen. Um, yeah, just the final. Cool. I will. Uh, I will enjoy uh, doing some research about that. Get well soon, my friend. That is Liam Roberts, the Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor, joining us on the phone. Clarky, when can we see and or hear you? Hopefully not in passive-aggressive mode next. Well, I'm fuming. First and foremost, uh, those questions are absolutely outrageous. Um, I'm going to be joining Dan Roebuck in the Matchday Show studio for the big one, Atletico Madrid away. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Michael McMullen, to Max Jones, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well, and also find us on Acast these days. Remembering too to get your questions into Clarky at the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. That's all we've got time for, but we're back on Monday, the 7th of May. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.